Hello and welcome to another amazing adventure with the Weekly Weebs. I'm your host this week, Zario Machini, and I've got some uh, sweet news uh, this week. The NAACP has nominated uh, the anime Yasuke uh, for um, Best Animation or, or Outstanding Animated Series. Uh, so... It got animated for that for its uh, awesome animation. If you haven't seen it, um, it's incredible. Like you, you, you'll be able to tell that it definitely deserves it. I don't know what the other um, nominations are, if there are any others. But the uh, NAACP Image Awards will take place on uh, February twenty sixth uh, at eight p.m. on uh, BET. So, um, Yasuke is a show that's made by LaShawn Thomas, the same guy that did Cannon Busters and the Boondocks. Hell um, yeah. So, I uh, love both of those shows. I love the writer, and I love Yasuke. So, yeah, Fair I enough. think it's very well deserved. I love the Boondocks so much. Yeah. It's... Is Yasuke the one about the Black Samurai? Mm -hmm. It's Yo. loosely based off of the historical figure. Yasuke, yeah. who is uh, loosely, loosely, it's very loose. Um, very, like, like, very, like, like, that's totally loose butthole. Yeah, it like, like all the girls in Redo Feeler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, Crimson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's about the uh, the first black samurai Yasuke, who's trained by the uh, Lord Nobunaga. Um, and that is as close to real history as it gets. There it is. want to go back through and play Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Two Sushis? Do it. I just got done playing Sekiro not too long ago. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima is my favorite game of all time. I haven't played either of them yet, but I really want to. You should. Do it. I, if somebody wants to loan it to me, I might. As soon as I'm done, I can't say as soon as I'm done with Hades, because I don't know when I'm going to get done with that game. I'm on my 35th attempt to escape that place. I uh, can't load it to you because it's digital on my PlayStation. Sekiro is also digital for me, so just loan me your to, PlayStations, probably. You just, I'm not doing that. You can come over and play it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, next to me is. It's Frenchie, y'all. And uh, speaking of nominations. Um, the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for 2022 have released their nomination list for people to vote on. Um, the uh, Best Anime of the Year nominees came out as Odd Taxi, Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, Ranking of Kings 86, and Sunny Boy. And my personal favorite thing about the uh, awards, Aaron Yeager was nominated as both an antagonist and a protagonist. You know, Honestly, accurate. though, yeah. <laughs> That that sums it up. Valid, yeah. <laughs> How to sum up Attack on Titan Season 4 in like a few words. Yeah. Aaron uh, but both. Our boy Yuji Itadori was also nominated for Best Protagonist. That's Let's awesome. go! Yeah, and uh, you can find the entire list on Krill's website. And I'll also be sharing it to our website here tonight so people can go in and vote. Hell yeah. And Hell uh, yeah. yeah, stay tuned for some more news about nominations later on. Yeah. Absolutely. And to my right... Hello, Crimson here. Uh, my news for today involves uh, Disney's Twisted Wonderland game. Uh, for those of you who don't know, 
Uh, tomorrow is the release date. Uh, if you have pre-ordered, pre-registered already, like I have, then you should have the game already on your phone, and you should be able to play it tomorrow. Uh, but not only that, there is a novel that is being written currently for Disney's uh, Twisted Wonderland that will be coming out March 18th. So, man, they better hope this game doesn't fucking blow. <laughs> from what I'm seeing, it plays very much like Union Cross uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts X Union Cross. Um, which I didn't think was a bad thing. I just, I'm more nervous about all the uh, uh, extra stuff that might be thrown into the game. But, I mean, if they've already got an anime that's in the works, the novel already in the works, and then the game is now getting released, they're putting a lot of money on Twisted Wonderland being good, which I don't see how it wouldn't be. But, yeah, game comes out tomorrow, novel comes out March 18th, and hopefully anime comes out later this year, hopefully early next year. And joining us uh, digitally... Hello, it is me. Wiggy, uh, boo boo. Juju on that beat. I got news for you today. You do? It's about uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, MBS president comments on possible season two for Jujutsu Kaisen anime. In the comment, he said, At this time, I'd like you all to wait for us to state a concrete plan. However, I think we can provide a development that will meet expectations, end quote. And then the rest of the article just explains what Jujutsu Kaisen is. <laughs> so he told us nothing. Exactly. But if if it wants to, if he wants to meet expectations, the expectations is give me season two, damn it. The yeah, expectations right. are more like we gotta be better than the first season and the movie now. Season one was phenomenal. I haven't been able to see the movie or the porn parody, but I thought they're both very good I, at what they do. I'm not going to require a second season to be better than a first season. Sometimes that doesn't happen. As long as it doesn't promise fucking Neverland. pull a promise Neverland. Yeah. Exactly. Just follow the story. That's all I care about. Exactly. As long as it doesn't do season two Jujutsu Kaisen and then skip like 50 years of something happening and then all of a sudden Gojo pops out of a portal back to the demon world. With a dragon. With a dragon. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, real, I'm actually very nervous about... Uh, Rising of the Shield Hero Season 2 because I told everyone so much, thing, many great things about uh, Promised Neverland and how it was one of my favorite shows. I was thinking about planning a tattoo. It's like, well, what if the second season comes out and you know, like, I was like, they can't ruin it with the second season. Then they fucking ruined it with the second <laughs> season. Well, the thing about Shield Hero, luckily, when Season 1 ended, they uh, announced that not just season two was greenlit, but season three. Cool, so that means they could fuck up two seasons. It, that's true, but it won't be the same kind of fuck up as Promised Neverland. It won't be... It won't be an Emma situation. Yeah, it, and they won't... They're clearly not skipping content. <laughs> you fight with a shield? I fight with a shield! My wife fights with a shield! My grandma fights with a shield! I just want that. I just want that with a mashup with fucking Marvel, where my, Captain America pops up. Like you fight with a shield, I fight with a shield. My grandfather's cousin's best friend's dog's best friend fights with a shield. Did we just become best friends? Dog's best friend. Probably gonna be the second greatest quote I hear of the night. What was the first? Yeah. True. <laughs> and we'll get into that later. 
So, Zario, what is our uh, topic this week? <laughs> so, um, as uh, our listeners might know, because I'm sure we've talked about it multiple times, uh, all four of us love the game Dungeons & Dragons. I know we've talked about it during the fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, D&D nerds here. So, I thought it would be sweet if we all take anime characters and imagine what they would be like as 5th edition uh, Dungeons & Dragons characters. Yeah. So, you know, obviously uh, it's not always perfect converting them. You won't always get their uh, abilities and stuff, but uh, sometimes that's kind of part of the fun. So uh, first we're going to go around and talk about uh, in our parties. Uh, we each picked four uh, members to be in the party. Each of them an anime character that was adapted to the to the style. Uh, and then after we all uh, introduce our parties, we'll uh, talk about uh, an adventure that they might go on, should they be in an adventuring party together. Uh, I'll start with uh, the healer of the party, Mimosa from Black Clover. I almost put her in mine. Yep. She no one said you went with a very different healer. I did. <laughs> but let's... I'll, we'll get to mine in a bit. This is Zarya's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yours. Jesus. Hey, um, there's got to be at least one chaotic neutral character in each party. Neutral? <laughs> chaotic neutral. Neutral? Yes. I don't know about that. Um, but Mimosa is human. I picked Druid. Uh, and I didn't think that any of the uh, Druid circles fit her a whole lot because her her powers are you know plants and healing well that's all druids <laughs> so the one that i ended up uh picking was the circle of wildfire oh yes uh and i thought that would uh work really well for her because she's a vermilion so they have uh they have fire magic and since she's a cousin her magic is different but she could still have that connection to fire I yeah, in a in a D and D setting, that, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> checks out. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pleases and sparkles. <laughs> uh, next I have Inuyasha. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm still laughing at the fucking pleases and sparkles. Pleases and sparkles. It's fucking South Park ass over here. The council has spoken. It pleases and sparkles. Continue. Yeah, of course. Sunshine sparkles. Um. <laughs> So Inuyasha, uh, for the race I picked Shifter, Swift Stride, for the uh, extra 10 feet of movement. Um, and the class is Barbarian, I went Path of the Beast. What? You did, you did Yusuke? Inuyasha. Oh, Inuyasha. I, my dumbass heard Yu Hakusho. His dumbass, continue. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. I got really confused for a second. Yeah. Proceed. So, at first I thought that Inuyasha would be a fighter. Um, but, you know, swinging around that massive Tetsaiga, it's gotta go Barbarian. Uh, especially because the rage will go really well with the, with the two-handed weapon, of course. And the Path of the Beast um, gives you claws and fangs. So that definitely uh, works for his half-demon stuff. 
Could I argue with this one slightly? Well, you don't know shit about Inuyasha, so... No, but I... Have you thought Tabaxi? Uh, no, because that's a cat. Is he... Is a dog. Oh, he's a dog. Yeah. Okay. The other one I was going to say is... I was like, isn't there Samurai Fighter? Yeah, he's not really a samurai, though. He wears no armor. uh, He's got a big sword. Yeah. So he's not wearing armor, so the unarmored defense would give him a higher AC. And uh, he swings his big swords. Carry on. (laughs) Wayward son. Yep. I can't say that. Uh, Next, I went with Selty Sturlitson from Durarara. Ooh. Uh, if you didn't put her as a cavalier, you're wrong. <laughs> um, I did not. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> so, uh, what I did is... So, Dulahans are Germaic uh, fey creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I went with Hexblood because they are hags, which are also fey creatures. Fair. Um, and for the class, I picked Warlock. For the pact, I did Hexblade. Pact of the Blade as well to conjure the scythe. And also, um, because uh, this is D&D, therefore it'd be a fantasy setting, uh, she would be more in touch with her sort of Dramaic roots and would not be, you know, the um, biker. So uh, instead, she would be walking around with armor, and as a Hexblade Warlock, she would have heavy armor. I also decided to give her the feet uh, telepathic, Okay. So she can. So she doesn't have her phone. <laughs> yeah. So she could actually communicate with the party. I guess you could also give her the mounted combatant feet. I could have. I mean. I mean, you get what four feet per character, or per. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't do any ability score improvements. Yeah. But we didn't do ability scores because right. I didn't want to put in that much work. <laughs> I'm sure if you look hard enough, you could probably find ability scores people have made for these characters. That's true. Uh, yeah, either that or you can just kind of, like, bullshit them with logical explanations. I yeah. did actually find a couple that people had made for some of my characters and tweaked them quite a bit, but it just to give me an idea on classes and stuff right. like that. Because gotcha. I like d and I don't know shit about D&D. That's fair. <laughs> Most of my characters are joke fun characters that one Carry swings of dick swords. swords. Yeah. <laughs> I had a struggle. And the other was a drunk... Uh, cat that murdered our driver those are equally as valid as any other D character truly um my dick sword character beat the final boss yeah with a crit hit and did over 400 points of damage on one turn perfect that shit cracked me up and that's how we beat the final boss and won that's beautiful i still can't, i'm still i still process that to this day yeah he let me make a broken ass sword <laughs> i i regretted my life to see he let me do like basically two legendary weapon combinations on it so oh, i picked because most... you would miss so many sessions and yeah to catch up on yeah. <laughs> to like, catch up he gave you a god weapon basically yeah. no he and let yeah. me pick two legendary like extensions onto the sword and i picked them and, and i made it a god weapon amazing and i fucked up by giving it the okay amazing yeah I was and then we had it powered up by gods <laughs> and i did 412 points of damage on one turn when i got a crit on a 19 Awesome. I was still a young DM. I didn't know better. Yeah, you got you got to know when to tell your players no. Yeah, <laughs> I, which I've learned now. That dick sword, though, I want to get yeah. a tattoo of the dick sword. 
You should. Absolutely. <laughs> that campaign made me a better DM now <laughs> because of how fucked up, how fucked You I gave me and Cody up. way too much free I, run on yeah. powering up our shit. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I had a, a DM that, uh, what, that was like that. He was said yes to pretty much everything. And my character was definitely the bane of his existence. And I am going to, like, I don't want to sound a little cocky, but I think I made him a better DM because he was pretty fresh. And so I talked to him ahead of time about this character idea that I had for a changeling yeah. that was just really fucking good at lying to people, like magically good at lying to people. And I told him this character will make your life a living hell if you let me do it. It's super charisma based. It's gonna suck for you. And he was like, yeah, I'll let you do it. It really sucks for him because I turned every situation into my favor. I I, I had like any, everything I wanted. When we were like level five, uh, we took over a kingdom <laughs> Imagine if you, if during that time you decided to use the um, uh, touch more class unofficial book and just took Fate Weaver. I, I don't know what's in that. Book, Basically, uh, Fate Weaver, if I remember correctly, it's been a hot minute since I've read that book, but uh, it's a class in the touch more class book, which again is unofficial, but it allows you to, like, uh, there's a lot of things that also change fate based on dice rolls. So, like, you can change the outcome totally of dice rolls. We should totally get back on topic. What's up? We should totally get back on topic. I mean... Yeah, I do still have one more uh, member of my party, too. All I'm just thinking is, go, dice roll! Right. <laughs> uh, so, the, the final member of my party, uh, the leader, of course, is Shikamaru, who is human, of course. Valid. Uh, he is a rogue. I went with Mastermind, and then he multi-classes in uh, Shadow Sorcerer. boy. Yep. Uh, and I gave him the, the Keen Mind feat, which makes it so he remembers everything that he's heard and seen for the past month, and he always knows what time it is. That's valid. Also known as DM's Bane, because yeah. all DMs hate it when players take yeah. Keen Mind. So yeah, um... That's my party. Uh, how about yours, Frenchie? Um, so mine did not go nearly as in-depth at times because, again, I don't know shit about D&D most of the time. I know the player's handbook, and that's about it. And I don't even know that great because I haven't played D&D in probably a year at this point. Yeah. It's been I, about a year since I... Well, no, I finished that campaign... Didn't we finish that in 2020? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I ran the dream campaign after. and you, I don't think you were a part of that one. I think I was in a couple... Oh yeah, of ones, but yeah, my schedule is fucked for most of the year. Yeah, but anyway, so I tried my best. Um, You could have asked for resources. I I've got tons of shit. I wanted to do this myself. Fair enough. You also could have looked up all the books online. I could have, but again, I wanted to do this with what I knew about D and D and what I knew about these characters, and I wanted to homebrew them a little bit. That's fair. So. Um, I didn't go with like feats or anything like that, but I did kind of figure out a little bit about you know what scores would be higher on certain characters. So my first one, I really had to hold back from doing a human fighter for Kirito who dual wields. <laughs> I mean, a dual yeah, a dual wielding fighter. Yeah, but I decided to go 
off the beaten path with another SAO character, and that is Sinon. She is a specifically the one, the Sinon from Alfheim when they play online. Okay. Okay. She is a tabaxi ranger, chaotic good, because I just picture her doing a lot of stupid shit that would work out well because that's all she does in the fucking series. Yeah. And she does some great stuff in GGO. Um, obviously, as a ranger, high decks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she would also um, use a tabaxi because she is a cat seed in um, ALO. So yeah. the tabaxi would fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, would also allow her to have close combat with the claw attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think she'd be a good thief because she's very swift of hand. I gave her a special ability that as she actually gets further away because she's a sniper and she's going to be accurate, the further away she is from a target, if she hits it, it does more damage the further away she is. And she gains advantage on her next uh, shot if her last one hit. You could also go with a Arcane Archer Rogue. That would also be a good one to do as well. Yeah. Because then you get advantage when you're stealthed and, and you get sneak attack dice. Yeah, I thought about giving her a couple of levels in Rogue as well. Yeah. That would um, that yeah. <laughs> yeah, also give her like the sharpshooter feet. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That would and Elven Accurate. Oh wait, no, she's not an elf. Nope. My next one is an elf, though. Um Vash the Stampede from Trigun. I made him an elf because of his extraordinary long lifespan. That's valid. Um he is part rogue, monk, and fighter. (laughs) Alright. Um I gave him gunslinger, because obviously, but also made him way of the drunken master. Because of the fact that we see him drunk so often in the series, and yet somehow he is still incredibly capable while under the influence of alcohol. True. Um, I gave him high dexterity and perception. Um, I made him extremely sneaky because no one ever knows who the fuck he is. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Um, and I also made it that if he drinks alcohol, it causes his charisma and perception to both increase. Increase? <laughs> Jeez. Because he's a very charismatic drunk. That's true. Yeah. And then I made him lawful good because he refuses to kill people no matter what. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. My next one, who is my real ace in the hole, is Ed from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> All right. I made him a halfling artificer. I made him a halfling because he's tiny as shit in the it, show. He is like seven He's like 15. Really? Yeah. He's just real small, and I just I didn't want to have a bunch of humans. So. Yeah, fair. So I made him a halfling. He's an artist. All he does in the show is just tinker and build stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he has literally no charisma. His charisma is a fucking zero. <laughs> because he does not know how to interact with people. I would picture him in real life. He'd be a little autistic. Probably. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Absolutely not. He's extremely chaotic neutral, because... He doesn't really have a set code of good or evil. Yeah. He just kind of does stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of where it goes to the charisma being a zero. (laughs) Um, I believe that he would be one that he's going to... only people he's going to owe allegiance to are his party. His friends is the only people. Um, He's going to have a companion wolf who has short legs and has very little movement speed. And it's going to be in the shape of a corgi. And his name will be Ein. So find familiar... Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, loves to build and tinker random objects, and the main—he's more of a support character than anything else. 
basically he is Mei Hatsume, which is another person I considered for... It's not mine. I figured. Yeah. Um, but uh, basically is only trying to stay out of battle. The only thing he works on is building stuff to help increase the abilities of the others. And I don't even know if he would honestly go on the adventures. I think he would be more of like a stay-at-home type person, hang out with Ayn, and protect the village if something were to attack. Mm-hmm. But That's fair. Overall, he would pretty much not necessarily be the adventuring type of boy or girl. I don't remember exactly what Ed's... I think Ed... Is, no, they straight up ask, and he's, they just go, Ed is Ed! Yeah, Ed is Ed. <laughs> Which is, is beautiful in its own way. Yeah, especially for, what, 1997? Yeah. And then the, a yeah. the leader of my party is Arturia Pendragon from Fate. Nice. Yep. Uh, human Paladin slash Fighter. Lawful Good. Um, I uh, gave her a, a special attack when she uh, crits with Excalibur. She gets a plus two to damage and attack bonus. Fair. <laughs> um... Obviously, has she uses her shield and sword combo, um, so she gets a plus two to her armor class with the shield. Um, is the group's tank? I have no healers, but she's the closest thing because she can use a little bit of magic. Yeah, lay on hands. There yeah. you go. Well, not just that. Um, having trained with Merlin, I'm giving her a little bit of extra ability that um, she can sacrifice a spell slot to give all of her party mates advantage on their next attack. As having trained with Merlin for years. Um, Obviously high strength as a paladin. Mm -hmm. And um, her main thing is she will be there to protect the weak. That is kind of her biggest motivation. And I believe I went with uh, Oath of Devotion. Devoting herself to try and protect those that are weaker than her. Seems legit. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go as in-depth, but I think I had some fun ideas for this team. Plus I really decided to go with... People that are not everyday characters or everyday shows. Yeah. Hell yeah. Alright. So for my team, uh, my first one is uh, Rimuru from Incarnated Slime. No shit. Um, I did, so I messaged the group a while, a while back earlier this week asking what Rimuru would be if he was a D&D character. Because I thought about actually making him into a D&D character. And I couldn't find anything on the internet for him. Someone made like a homebrewed class for him, but I wasn't. I was like, uh, I want. I want to try and keep it as close to the books as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Make your own stuff. I already do that enough times. Um, What's the point of Dungeons and Dragons? And I think I came to a conclusion that he'd probably be a wild magic sorcerer with a splash of hexblade warlock. Uh, the wild magic being because of like. All the crazy shit that he can do. And I know the wild magic table has a bunch of random stuff that pops up. Yeah. I. Oh, he would be a plasmoid, which is an actual UA race. Mm-hmm. From the still... monsters of the multiverse. Yep. Still think you should have just made him a, a random possessed slime monster that could use polymorph. <laughs> well, the uh, thing with the plasmoids is you can turn yourself to look like a human. Um... I, th- I think it's instead of Warlock, was... I, m- I might have done Bard because of Jack of All Trades. True. Yeah, like I said, he was really hard for me to act. He was my hardest character to actually work with. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Bard with the Jack of All Trades would also be a good one. I didn't even think of. Uh, I dig Wild Magic Sorcerer. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I-, I think that might be the closest that I can think of for him with just all the abilities he has. 
-hmm. And if we do, I was thinking of the Hexblade Sorcerer because he does technically fight with his sword as well. Mm -hmm. So if you, so I would splash that in because you can, he would be able to create a sword and be able to actually get up close and do the swinging as well. But right, smack smack. Yeah, a little smacky smacks. Uh, my next one is uh, Yang Xiao Long from Ruby. Uh, I chose uh, multi-classing of Way of the Open Hand Monk and Path of Berserker Barbarian. Seems good. Yeah, because she fights with her fists, and she ha- her semblance is literally the more damage she takes, the stronger she gets. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, Path of the Berserker, you go into Rage, and you get, like, a shit ton more bonuses to it. And plus, with the way the open Way of the Open Hand Monk makes sense, because, again, she's up close and personal, and she's just got shotgun gauntlets. Yeah. Um... My next one, I chose... Oh, and Yang would be human. I keep forgetting about the races. Um, I did my Hatsumi next. Um, I think she would be a dwarf, because I know dwarves in the D&D realm kind of like to do tinkering, because they also... Or they are, like, you know, forge-based also. They always work on the forge. Um, but I chose Artillerist Artificer for this. Dope. Because she's make, she's constantly... Te- I mean, she is an artificer in right. the show, and she's constantly tinkering and stuff. I think the artillerist one would make sense because she's constantly making like weapons and stuff and like extra gear for people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made sense. And then uh, my fuck it character, the healer of the party, who I've come to accept in all my D and D campaigns. There is at least one chaotic neutral character. Uh, and that's uh, Kiaru or Kiru. Kiaru. Yeah, Kiaru from Radio of Healer. Um. He, I chose Trickery Domain Cleric for him. I just thought about the interactions between him and Mehatsume. Him, Mehatsume, and, and Yang. I just, you know, between him and Mei, Mei is just like weirdly horny. Yeah. Sometimes, and I don't like it. <laughs> then you throw in Kiaryu in there, and. It, oof. Yeah. He's gonna fucking turn fucking Rimuru into a lube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time I got reincarnated as an anal lube. Oh, <laughs> oh my no. god, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, awful, awful. <laughs> I think he would 100% be a tiefling in this case. Um, but I did choose Trickery Domain Cleric because, well, one, as a cleric, he is a healer. It did make a little bit of sense. And then um, Trickery Domain I chose specifically because of the way his character just is. He, he does a lot of master manipulation and stuff mm-hmm. uh, for it. The only other thing I can think of is maybe throwing in uh, a multi-class of Mastermind Rogue. But even that is, I might be a bit of a stretch based off the trickery domain alone. So, but, what's up? You think you'd be a tiefling? I think Kiaru, Kiaru would be a tiefling. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. You cannot tell me that fucker ain't a devil in disguise. You should put him as a grunge. Or whatever that new frog race is. The, the little frogs? I love... Oh, Read geez. the description of Grunge. the frog race and tell me he is not one of them. Is he from? Is that from Monsters as well? Monsters uh, in the Multiverse? No, it's a... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the supplement. Oh, Grung. Give me a sec. I'm looking. I'm they looking. Poison people for them to become their slaves. That's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> Kiaru's a frog. 
on oh poison creature no longer in direct contact uh, oh they make a saving throw or they're poisoned yeah dude I'm telling you <laughs> redo a hopper <laughs> I don't see anywhere on here that says that they uh that they are, uh, they like possess you. Where are you looking at it? The wiki dot. The indie wiki dot. Well, I'm telling you, what I read, that's what it, what it said. Oh, they the use <laughs> slaves for all manner of menial tasks, but they mostly yeah. like bossing them around. So, the but that makes sense. They yeah. They poison those slaves to make it so they are their slaves and they become mindless slaves at some point. Yeah. After a period of time. Honestly, though. And they think fair. they're better than everybody else. That's fair. I could see that happening. Because I was also thinking of doing him as my, my healers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make him the frog, but I chose not to. And I was like, nah, I need some recovery time. <laughs> that that makes sense. I could definitely see that. Uh, see him being that race. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, that's my... Uh, Weird team. I, yeah, I, I I do think that uh, Kearu is chaotic neutral. Because the chaotic part of him is he's wanting to, like... It's a manner of, like, he'll get revenge in whatever it takes kind of a thing. But he's neutral because he's still trying to save others to a degree. Mm, I don't really think... I don't think he's chaotic yeah. evil. I don't think he's chaotic evil. He's not like true. If he's not, good. he's straight up like right on that fucking line. Yeah. Like if you look at the grid and here it is, he's right here. Yeah. But I still think he's like he's chaotic neutral, very close to chaotic evil. But I don't think he's chaotic evil. I don't know, man. It's really toeing that line, I guess. Yeah, but. like he's he's walking it like a tightrope. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Yeah, those are our parties. We're Wiki still hit with his. Oh, right. Wiki, what's your party? You forgot about me, dude. <laughs> that hurts. Well, I'm sorry. I'll give you a little kissy kissy later. Oh, sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, so my D&D party, I don't care personally about alignments. I think it's just too difficult to deal with half the time. I didn't do alignments either. I didn't, um, but for that one, I did the exact I just thought mine were pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. I didn't worry about feats or anything like that, but my first character is Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, and I made him an orange grunge, (laughs) (laughs) part of eloquence. Oh, hell yeah. I can see that. So his whole thing is Gojo is a very charismatic person, and he's not evil, but like you get that kind of like sense, like this guy's got some kind of ulterior motive going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like there's something kind of fucked up about him. I don't know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I chose the Grunge Frog because, one, they think they're better than everybody else, and Gojo does because he thinks he's the strongest and he could beat uh, Sukuna, you know? I trust him. And yeah. They're, very co- they're a very cocky race, and because I wanted to get the aspect of him not being able to be touched like he can in this show, I chose this because they have poisonous skin. If you get touch him, you get poisoned. So people aren't going to want to touch him. That's fair. And uh, I chose Bard of Eloquence 
because he's very char- charismatic and to tie into with his actual powers of the show when it comes to his uh, in- infinite domain expansion, his part of eloquence skills of using his speaking skills and his mouth and tongue not only makes you experience all the feelings and emotions at once, but also physicalness. So he's going to be a very naturally charged person in this show. He's going to try and sleep with everybody and get them to experience every feeling on the planet. Yes. Pervy Sage 2, Electric Boogaloo. And poison them all on the way. Exactly. Hey, baby, let's fuck. Let me poison you. Honestly, Uh, though? Come get this toxic... Exactly. Uh, my next character Shit's so toxic. is Umakage Tokiyami. Uh, and I chose his race to be a Kenku. Makes sense. And Way of the Shadow Monk. Because yeah. of Dark Shadow. And because I chose Monk because, one, he always tries to find peace and tranquility and not to go fucking berserk mm-hmm. and keep control of himself and his powers. And Shadow Monk, because I feel like that's the closest thing I could tie into that with the use of uh, Dark Shadow with the Shadow aspect, but also keeping the aspect of the character the same. That makes sense. The bird aspect is why I chose the race of Kenku. That makes sense. Uh, My next one is Fushi from Two Year Eternity, and I chose his race to be a changeling. Hell yeah. Makes sense. And he is a Twilight cleric. Because oh. he cares about all the people around him, and he is kind of gloomy in a sense. And the person that he follows, like his god, he would be using his powers from, is kind of a mysterious character. And when I think of the moon, I think of mystery. Same thing with Twilight. So I felt like that fit, and I needed a healer. And because he cares so much for the people around him, to the point where he changes into them, is also what I thought about the changeling to keep the memory on in case his party members pass away. And blah 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 and all that. That makes sense. Yeah. And my last one is uh, Tanjiro from Demon Slayer. He is going to be a water genasi. All right. I chose the samurai fighter. Sweet. All right. Water genasi because the first thing you see him use in the show is water forms. Mm -hmm. And obviously a samurai fighter because he's a samurai in the show. Hell yeah. Makes sense. And that's my party. That's awesome. I Thank you. I thought I did a very good job coming up with this. Yeah, yeah, truly. I was debating on whether or not taking the easy way out. There's actually someone I subscribe to on YouTube called Tulak the Barbarian, where he comes up with characters from your favorite shows or like video games and creates them in D&D characters. And I was either like, should I just steal one of these? And I was like, nah, I'm going to try and be original. I've seen his channel before. Uh, I really like it. I think it's really good, like, how he goes kind of in-depth on, like, the whole character creation aspect of each of the characters. Like, what? he'll level them up to What's each level. Name? Tulak, the Barbarian. I'll have to check him out. Yeah, he, he does a really good job. Like, he goes heavily into, like what the stats would be, what they would get at each level up and stuff, and how it would tie in with, like, that character. It's really good. Oh, yeah. I want him to do one on Rimuru so I can actually fucking figure out how to properly make him. I played one of his Gilgamesh characters. His character that was Gilgamesh. That Gilgamesh is... I never got to fully use his power because we didn't go to a high enough level. Was that in my campaign? I'm assuming so. 
I think. Oh yeah, I think I think it was the was it the dream campaign? I think because I think. I don't know. I don't remember which campaign it was. I do remember that character, though. No. Yeah. I just I also remember how busted Tulak made him when I watched that fucking video. Tulak is. Tulak is. I just keep. Don't touch me. Fuck off. No, deal with it. No! (laughs) So, you guys want to talk adventures? Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote down the, uh, uh, adventure. I see that. (laughs) Yeah. So the adventure that I, that I'm going to talk about that I think that would go on is, um, these are, it's kind of a weird assortment of characters. So I think I, I made a way that would bring them together. And then that adventure is like the adventure that they went on. Um, so... Uh, once there was this great demon named Naraku who ravaged the lands in search of the Shikan Jewel. Um, Naraku went around looking for leads, killing a bunch of people, uh, getting rid of anybody who was also looking for the jewel and was getting in his way until eventually he found it. Um, and when it was finally in his grasp and he finally wielded the... Uh, uh, the, sh- the jewel, he was attacked by a group of mages led by a fire mage. Who, they had a giant battle, but Naraku was just too powerful. Uh, so the fire mage did the only thing that he could think to do. He created a bow of flames and shot the Shikan jewel, shattering it to pieces, and the pieces flew across the lands. Naraku fled, but promised revenge. The- uh, the shards of the jewels attracted all sorts of powerful creatures, and likewise, the jewels were uh, were attracted to them. One of those creatures was a Dulahan named Selti. Three shards of the jewels landed near her, which embedded themselves into Selti's head, which she carried her carried by her side, increasing her power dramatically. A full year later, uh, Selti uh, awakes one day to find that her head was missing. She had no idea where it went, no memory of it, uh, and her body felt like all of her power was ripped away from it. So she sets out on a journey to find it. Uh, while she's on this journey, she meets a young half-demon named Inuyasha, who is searching for the, for the Shikan jewel shards to use them to become a full-fledged demon. At this point, Seldi didn't even care about the jewel shards. Not even the ones that are in her head. She just cares about her head. So she believes that their uh, priorities kind of line up. So they start traveling together to fight against uh, Naraku and, and his demons. Um, uh, around this time, Naraku, uh, enacting his revenge, puts a curse on the home of the, the Fire Mage, the Vermilion household. Uh, and it was afflicted by a horrible miasma curse. The only one who was unaffected by it was Mimosa, a healing mage. But unfortunately, her magic couldn't undo the curse. Uh, she didn't know anybody who knew how to break the curse, so she had to leave to find somebody who did, who knows something. Uh, and when she did that, she went to a nearby town and found uh, 
and found that it was also afflicted by the cursed miasma. And while she was there, she found a, de a demon that was spreading a, the poisonous cloud around that was causing the, the curse. Uh, she challenged the demon, but couldn't beat it alone. Luckily for her, it was around that time that Selty and Inuyasha showed up together, and they fought and uh, killed the demon, found that it had a jewel shard, and its power was being enhanced by it. Um, Inuyasha and Selty explained to, uh, to Mimosa who Naraku is and what he's doing. So Mimosa decides to kill Naraku, believing that if he's the cause of the cursed miasma, killing him will stop it. Uh, so they, they go on their travels. And then Shikamaru was uh, on a mission away from the village. Uh, he had to go to a, a special little town to pick up uh, specific ingredients for medicines that the, the village needed um, for their stores for the future. And just by pure coincidence, the, uh, the gang was there. And uh, because they were there, they got attacked by a demon. And the demon attacks Inuyasha and throws him at Shikamaru. Uh, so they team up to fight the demon, and they destroy it. And uh, Shikamaru just had to fight a demon, and it gets pretty pissed about that. And then they explain that to him, uh, explain all the Naraku stuff, and he assesses, probably correctly, that if he doesn't help these guys, and he lets Naraku do his thing, and just leaves it to these three to handle it themselves, the world is probably doomed. They need somebody who's actually smart to, uh, to help them out. Fair enough. Uh, so that's how they form their party. Shikamaru, with his stealth and magical abilities to hold people in place and control the forces of darkness. Mimosa, with her druidic magics to heal her friends and her family's flame magic. Selty, with her mystical sight that she summons and her supernatural abilities. And then uh, Inuyasha, with his demon powers and his mighty Tetsaya, which is an heirloom from his, his father. And um, just as a party, uh, you know, Shikamaru is the leader because he has to be. What a drag. Uh, yeah, the only reason that he stays is because it's like fate of the world type shit. Yeah. If he doesn't help them, then, then everything's done. But Inuyasha hates being told what to do. Especially by some, you know, bored smart ass like Shikamaru. Uh, so they would get into arguments a lot. Uh, and Selty and Mimosa would take it upon themselves to have to always break them up. Uh, and Selty isn't used to working in a team at all. Um, so, that's, so that was a hard adjustment for her that uh, she basically had to learn how to do. But they you know, make each other stronger for it, and to, and eventually they track Naraku down in his castle and confront him, but Naraku is being guarded by uh, his mightiest demon that he created, which is the head of a Dulahan, with writhing, shadowy thorn vines protruding from its neck, 
that spews poisonous miasma from its mouth. But of course, all of them together defeat the mighty beast, which purifies the head, which was Celtes. Um, and they finally got that back. And then they can finally fight Naraku and team up and take him down. And once they do, they have all, the entire uh, jewel shard, which is then given to Inuyasha, rightfully as his. Uh, the curse is broken on Mimosa's family, so, uh, so the miasma clears up, and Shikamaru can finally go the fuck home, where he is then yelled at for being gone for so long. I can only imagine if Payne had one of those stones and just wiped out the village. Or, like, that being... The, I, I know Pain already does the village wipe out, but imagine, like, in this, like, alternate universe, if the stone was what helped him wipe out the village. Kind of thing, and Chikamaru just came back to the vast shit happening. Oh, man. Ooh, what a drag. <laughs> the, the thing is that I don't even think Naraku within the show could beat Pain. Just the power scaling by that point in Naruto gets pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Naruto's got a new form every other week. Yeah. Shit, I didn't... He gets, what, three new forms in the same fucking war? Um, pretty much. I, I mean, he also kind of gets... He gets, like, two or three forms just in one fight. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even go that fucking hard on my, like, adventure. Like, I'm literally thinking thinking of it on the fly. I've got how my team comes together. I can start there. Mine was also how my team came together. And, and then, won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was the, the whole shebang. It's their adventure story. Uh, with me, how it worked was I started, and then it just kept going. That's fair. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that the entire idea of the two pairs starting out with Ed being a space explorer, Vash leaving his planet because nothing is there for him anymore and he wants to get away to start over mm -hmm. and coming into contact, he and Ed just start vibing because they're both fucking stupid. <laughs> they're both brilliant, but fucking stupid. Yeah. And they would just get along immediately. That's fair. Meeting each other, like, at some random thing in space. Um, and then there's actually a direct connection with Sinone um, and Excalibur. So I believe it would be um, after taking down the Frost Giants and getting Excalibur for Kirito, you would see Saber appear and challenge Kirito to a duel for the rightful ownership of Excalibur and win... Because Kirito knows that she is the true owner and true master of Excalibur, so he lets her win. And gives up ownership. And now seeing another badass female who is traveling alone, Sino decides she wants to take a break from squad and travel to learn more from... And this is pretending that they're not just trapped in a video game. Right. Yeah. And then the idea of they... Ed and... Um, Vash coming to Earth and basically through common goals come across Sinone and uh, Saber and the group decides that they can be 
more powerful together as a group and helping establish everything. And then they actually decide to play a video game because Sinon has talked about them. And Saber, having been a mystical hero, does not know anything about them. But Vash and Ed, with their interest in you know, science and technology, would love the opportunity. And then they get trapped in a video game together and have to work together to beat the game to get back to their home. Interesting. Hell yeah. Because I would base the entire thing basically in the SAO world because there's just so many different ways you can go. Mm-hmm. That makes that. sense. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea that um, they're really meeting uh, in like this fantasy setting and then still get trapped in a video game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ain't that the mood? <laughs> Somebody should make that anime. Fantasy characters getting isekai'd into a video game. Mm-hmm. That'd be incredible. Yeah. And I picture like they get into a very scientific world and Arturia has no idea what's going on and has to rely on the others. She's the best leader, but has to rely on her party mates to be truly successful. I like that. Ed is able to open up shop and basically build things. And they basically carry over their special ability and equipment Mm -hmm. from previous ones. But he builds like a better cybernetic bow that has like a scope on it and stuff like that. That works more as a sniper. Yeah. For um, Sinon, builds cybernetic enhancements for um, Vash's pistol as well as his arm gun. And basically builds a chip that allows him to control the major weapon. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah. That'd be OP. <laughs> yeah. And basically just channels a way for um, the power of Excalibur to be expanded on more by Saber. As well as building her a new shield that can contract into her arm. Almost like what we see from Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Mm-hmm. Type stuff like that. So she can move swifter without being bulked down by so much big equipment. Hell yeah. Nice. Big Don't have a big bad. No idea on a big bad. That's okay. Uh, as you noticed from mine, I just mixed all of their stories together. Yeah. Only and one of these four characters has an actual big bad that they directly face. And that's uh, Vash. Yeah. I guess you could say Death Gun, but that's more Kirito bad guy than Sinon bad guy. Sinon's just directly related to their real life counterpart. I would almost they, say they it's Sinon because they find, cause we find out that Death gun is... You know. Yeah, but she's not the one that directly faces him and beats him. True. It's Kirito. True. Kirito's the main protagonist. Yeah. That's why I decided to go with a couple side characters like Ed and Sino, because they're used to being support characters. Yeah. And I think the long-range abilities of Sino mixed with medium-range of Vash, the close-up fighting of... Um, Saber. Saber, and then the support capabilities of Ed is just a really nice team, and he can build shit that'll heal their stuff. That's fair. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, so mine is uh, one I found on the fly, but I think it could work. Um, in uh, Reamer's Land, there is a legend of a hourglass that once every uh, 500 years appears and grants four people the chance to change their fate before vanishing again for 500 more years. Uh, And the rest of the demon lords are at war now to try and get their hands on the hourglass before the other one does. Uh, So Reamer goes out to try and find a group that could help him 
outmaneuver the demon lords before they get to it. Um, along the way, uh, meeting a more, I would say, depressed slash darker Yang, who, uh, she can get no arm. Uh, well, in this in this reality of hers, um, Ruby has died and wants to change the fate of, you know, she, she wants probably, her sister back. Probably cool. choked on one of those cookies she didn't fucking chew. <laughs> it's always got to be an edgy backstory. Um, and so Rimuru uh, recruits her to join him to find this hourglass to help her change her fate and bring her sister back. Uh, along the way, they go into a town of uh, dwarves for uh, minor repairs and everything, uh, just getting some new gear, uh, where they run into Mai Hatsume, uh, who is just this very eager and also very uh, explosive personality, uh, but very smart of an artificer who... Uh, was able to fix their gear in no time and provide new gear for them uh, for a very cheap cost. Uh, so he recruits her um, because he thinks that having an artificer on their team will help because, you know, whenever their gear breaks down along the way, they have somebody who can fix it on the road as well as constantly produce new gear for them for upcoming challenges. Right. Uh, and then for lastly, along their journey they run uh in one of the towns they run to another person who has actually heard about the hourglass and is on and was on his way there kiaru um more, more ultimately to change the fate of well everything mm-hmm. um and rather than Rimuru recruit him uh he offers to join the party more for his own personal sake of like these guys look strong and can put, and can seem like they would be able to get me to where I need to go faster than it would be on my own, and it kind of manipulates them to having him join. Uh, and yeah, I haven't gotten that. That's about as far as I got for how they get there and kind of what they're going for. Oh yeah, but yeah, I just thought of another. Aunt anime character that'd be just such a perfect D&D and that's Leone from Akame Got Kill. She'd literally just be way of the drunken master tabaxi monk. She would just be Yitro. <laughs> just fucking be Yitro. Oh my god. But yeah. Alright, Wiki. What you got? Honestly, I didn't really think of a huge backstory. That was kind of my only problem. Or like how these characters meet. So I'm just gonna say that the non-Gojo characters that weren't the frog race were the slaves of the frog race. And Gojo was like, yo, I'm going to take these guys under my wing instead of have them be my slaves, even though I know I'm better than they are. So I'm going to try and get them to be on my level. And let's just go do dumb shit. <laughs> let's just go do dumb shit. I love it. I mean, that's not Gojo in a nutshell. Yeah. And so they're just going to go around and do dumb shit. What kind of dumb shit whatever, do they do? Whatever the fuck they want. Literally whatever they want. Any any dumb shit. If you guys have ideas for dumb shit that you want the characters to do, get in the comments. Yeah, what should what dumb shit should Wiki's party do? What dumb shit should all our parties do? Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, let, let us know in the comments like what you want our, the characters to do or like follow through with the rest of 
you know, some of our stories, see what, you know, what they'd be facing along the way. I think that'd be cool as hell. Mm-hmm. I'd, I would love to read those comments. That'd be awesome. We should do a one shot with each one of our parties <gasps> and get someone to, because we could literally each be one of the four characters. Oh, true. True. So if we ever find time in our busy lives and schedules. Wiki and I have talked several times about how we want to have um, a Weebs uh, D&D group where we find somebody to DM for us and the four of us. I would love to do that for an episode. Uh, Or like a side thing that we would release as like a a side special. Mm, That'd be cool. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, I know a couple people who I don't think... I would go along with one of the parties. If me and Higgins are going to be in a campaign together, we have to go with what our original plan was. Yeah, absolutely. Can we just call it Weebies and Uwoos? Weebies and Uwoos, I'd be down. Have we told them our original plan? Because it's awesome. I don't, I don't think we have. I I'm think we should keep it a secret. You want to keep it a secret? Okay. Well, Alright, then. Unless okay. you want to tell them. Because I honestly don't care. Well, did you want it to be a secret? No. Okay. Um, so there's a uh, race from the... Um, uh, well, so uh, Wizards of the Coast released a few supplements uh, a couple years back uh, called Planes Shift, where it was a bunch of uh, Magic the Gathering universes mm-hmm. as free PDF um, like sources. Okay. And one of the races is called the Kenra, which are these jackal people. Uh, and they classically, they typically come at, are born as twins. And they have a special uh, trait for that that makes them really awesome. Uh, I'm pulling it up real quick. Uh, Alright, here it is. If your twin is alive and you can see your twin... Whenever you roll a 1 on an attack roll ability check or saving throw, you can re-roll the die and must use the new roll. If your twin is dead or if you were born without a twin, you can't be frightened. So Interesting. Uh, so so you, know, you ultimately get a luck point pretty if your much, twin's alive. Otherwise, you're just immune to frighten. Pretty much. And we wanted to have like a similar... Uh, so we wanted to be to do that, but we're bros with a pretty similar uh, besto-friendo relationship as Itadori and uh, uh, fucking Toto. Hell yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That sounds like it'd be awesome. It would be awesome. Oogie oogie. epic. Yeah. Hell yeah. So the, those are the types of characters that we want to play in a, uh, in a weekly weebs. Dungeons and Dragons game. I would very much like to play Vash Stampede. I think that would be fun as fuck. Yeah. I think I would probably enjoy playing either as Rimuru or hell even Kiaru. Rimuru and Kiaru would be so fucking broken. They would have to be nerfed from their anime versions. Well, yeah, I mean, to be workable in an anime. That's why, I mean, yeah. it would be based off the Wild Magic Sorcerer. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing about adapting these characters to D and D is that you it's know it's pr- it's pretty impossible to do it perfectly unless you homebrew an entire class for it. Right. 
Um, and that just takes too much time. But uh, I've spent fucking three weeks trying to make a class for a character, and that still wasn't perfect. Well, you gotta play test it and shit. It, t- it takes these companies, you know, months. Sometimes I did play like, test it, and it still needed improvements. Yeah, that happens. It was bad. That's how they it all. Go. It was good, but it was bad. That's how, ofi- that's how official material is. That's what uh, unearthed arcana is playtest material, so they can have thousands of people test it for them, so they don't have to. Which makes and, sense. Yeah. Uh, so you know you can't when you're homebrewing shit, you can't get everything perfect in one try. That's kind of what I like about uh, adapting this stuff to D&D is seeing how it becomes different because then it it is you know you you based it off of a character but it ju- it becomes like its own character. Yeah. Cuz they're not going to go on the same journey that they went in in the anime that exactly. you pulled them from. So yeah. Development and powers and abilities, everything about them is going to end up being a totally different character. Mm-hmm. Pretty much just the same face and name at that point. Yeah. yeah. I um I almost instead of Shikamaru did Lelouch. Oh my god. The <laughs> idea that I had for it was uh was Bard. Uh, I was thinking either uh, I was thinking uh, Eloquence and then with like a splash in Rogue. Um, to have like a like a fencing saber, uh, and I pictured him uh, going around being called Zero the Black Knight, and just be a really high charisma based rogue. That'd be cool. Yeah, give him the piercer feet. Yeah, that'd be dope. Uh, but I decided Shikamaru instead probably be a little uh, have a little more motivation to actually. Weirdly enough, he'd be the more motivated one to, to actually keep this party together. I could seriously consider just building a uh, entire party out of the dumbest fucking characters. <laughs> like, I was going to do, like, fucking Sakura and uh, m- fucking Mine and... Mineta. No, I wasn't going to do Mineta. As Wickhart would say, the team would be too overpowered. Fuck you. So, <laughs> um... No, I was going to th- I was going to throw in uh fucking Aqua from Konosuba who is <laughs> a useless goddess. Yes. <laughs> and um I think I was going to do like a fucking tree. There's a random tree and say it was just a druid who was too scared to change back. <laughs> Komi as a tree. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Komi she's a spellcaster but she can only do it through speech. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's not a spell! Her grimoire that she uses is literally just her notebook. Most spells have verbal components. I know. That would be incredible. She says, meow, and polymorphs into a cat. Yeah. In her maid outfit. If anything, she'd be a wizard. Because they have a spell book specifically. You're a wizard, Komi. Meow. What? Speaking of... You want to get to the anime assignment? Yeah. Uh, so this week, I am assigning a show uh, that I've seen before. I don't think any of you three have seen it, uh, at least not in its entirety. Um, but I want to rewatch it, and that's Samurai Champloo. Fuck yes! 
I've been waiting for you to assign this because I've wanted to watch it for a long time. Yeah. Shampoo? Shampoo, yeah. It's like good shit. It's S H A M P C H. Oh. It's like shampoo, but with a C and an L. Yep. I can tell you exactly how far I've gotten in the show. Episode 14. How many episodes is it? 26. 26. Uh, well, Naruto, you're going to have to wait. I don't... This is one of those weeks where I actually hope I can make it through, because this whole week at work yeah, has been a shit up. show. You, you say that every week. Though. You finish okay. the assignment before any of us, every well, week. Well, that... Okay, last week, though, reason being was because... We do this all the time. You don't gotta argue about it. Cole, you're gonna be fucking fine. We can drop it. Sheesh. Get fucking called out. Literally, every episode we've done in this podcast... Uh, You're fine. I think it was like three weeks ago. You watched the assignment twice, and after complaining about not being able to to finish Which it, one, was it Arcane? It was the last twenty five episode one that we watched. Whatever that one was, you were like, "Yeah, I watched it twice." You got through the full thirty seven episodes of Death Note. You watched Arcane twice. Yeah. You're good. We can drop yeah. the conversation. Now. You got this. I've gotten on. I've finished. I think I've got to eighteen on Samurai Shampoo. So you've seen most of it. Yeah, I fucking love the show. Yeah, it's awesome, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for you guys to watch it. Yeah. Right. And then talking about last week's assignment, Comey can't communicate. I found the show. I here's the thing. I don't remember how I found this show. I don't know if it was through TikTok and I just saw something from the first episode for it or if it was like... It had to be something pretty important for you to start watching a sub. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was... like I saw how just adorable this was and I'm like, okay, I've got to know... Because I, I don't remember where I saw... I'm pretty sure it was TikTok. I saw a bunch of stuff for it and I was like, i got to know what this is about. And I saw that it was only subbed. I'm like, ah fine because i i was like i'll give it the chance because i heard so many good things about it i saw a bunch of good reviews on it and i was like fuck it i'll power through with it and uh after the first episode i could not wait for the next episode to come out and i followed it all the way through till it released like all every week of the release before i assigned it but i watched every episode before it and God, I love this show so much. I would have been mad if I had to wait weekly for episodes. Oh, I was so mad because every episode ended with just such a great moment. And I'm just like, ah! Yeah. The, next, the next week I come out and I'd be like, just fucking giddy and shit. I just want to bring up the messages that I sent you. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, they were fucking hilarious. Let's see. I'm pulling them up as well. <laughs> so you asking me... Uh, let's see. Oh, it, here it is. It's it's way up there. If this series doesn't eventually end with Tadano and Comey, or Tadano and Comey getting married, then writing their vows and I do's on pieces of paper, I am going to riot. <laughs> um, the eyes that kill you. Uh, do you want a slutty picture for your background? I'm so fucking. I'm so excited. Fucking weird. Yep. Oh yeah, the dog chick. She needed to calm the fuck down. With which, with which I replied, "Let's be honest. Every high school has at least one person like that." Um. The then this bitch is crazy. Which one? The one who kidnapped Tadano. Yeah. Then in all capital letters, can they get married already? 
The show is so simple, but I want to cry. Um, I'm glad that bitch realized that Tadano and Comey belong together and fucked off. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if they don't end up together, the animation studio is getting burned to the ground. He got her the kitty. In all capital letters. In all caps. So Comey is on the roof. If she doesn't announce her love for Tadano, I'm going on our roof and jumping. <laughs> and then literally two seconds later. <laughs> two seconds later. Meow? I just choked on my cake because I was laughing so hard. Uh. If they don't start dating soon, this show is getting a zero. Then he told me it didn't happen. And I in sent... This, in this season. And I just sent back zero. Yeah, so that was my responses to... The episodes of Comey Can't Communicate. I think it's safe to say I liked this show. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, so there's something about this show that uh, made me mad, but it wasn't even about this show. Um, and so in My Hero Academia, um, yes. fucking Uraraka, the plainest and most boring character that's introduced the sakura of mha yes yeah that people <laughs> rock at least does something every now and then that's yeah i still think people love her way too much oh, yeah. um but anyway one of the first things she says about midoriya is that he looks plain <laughs> the green-haired freckled kid looks plain and that always made me mad uh and then i was watching this show and i was like tadano is plain midoriya <laughs> That is plain. <laughs> They're the same character, except that is what plain would look like. He's got a little fucking flower on his head, but that's okay. I think that's his. Ca- I think that's supposed to be his calic. Yeah, uh, but no, Uraraka, that is fucking plain. They got the same face. Also, uh, they sound very similar. The, the Japanese voice actors do. I don't know Japanese voice actors. I don't either. So I don't know if they're the same. The most but important question, though. When this gets dubbed, he'll probably have the same If he voice. doesn't, if Justin Breiner doesn't voice him when it gets dubbed... You're gonna be sad now? It, a little bit. It'll, it, he's just he's just Midoriya <laughs> in a world without powers. Fair. What's um, the question? The most important question is how did Wiki feel about Comey's mouth? <laughs> Fuck that bitch's mouth. <laughs> can't be too big, can't be too small. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> it bothered me. We were, I, we were talking about this beforehand, and you're like, oh, it makes sense. For, you don't get to pick your physical traits based on your fucking personality. That's fair. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the mouth, honestly. I thought it was adorable. Especially like when like she was smiling to the baby, who kept crying all the time. I couldn't tell when the fuck she was smiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, he never her, smiled. She had to force a smile for that baby. Yeah, that's because babies suck. <laughs> babies do suck. Except Chase. Chase is great. That's our friend's kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I just I love this show. It's a nice, it's a nice show that kind of puts a twist on like just how bad extreme social anxiety is. Like yeah. it talks about a important situation for a person and in society as a whole. But it also gives it a cute touch to the show, like to it as well. Oh, Comey is just my wife when someone calls her. <laughs> yeah. She's so relatable, and that's one of the things that makes this show so good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. And, the, yeah, like I said, I mean, the fact that they brought up a 
very realistic thing of extreme social anxiety and how that's what, you know, that's how people actually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, puts a whole twist on the show as well in that, you know, this girl who has, like, all these people oogling over her and just call her a goddess. And in her mind, all she, like, she just wants a hundred true friends mm-hmm. is her main goal. Is so precious. And one thing I love, too, is the varying in characters we get. Yeah. I mean, just between Tadano, Komi, and I can never remember the other friend's name. Najika or something? Najimi. Najimi. yeah. I love her? Him? Whatever they want. They, yeah. He is canonically a a dude in the show. That that is true. He's, yeah. But, continue. I'm just going to go with they. Um, But Najimi is a really good example of, yeah, I kind of want to be very feminine and stuff like that. And all their friends are like, yeah, cool, be you. And that's what I love about the show is that it's extremely relatable. It's realistic. Mm -hmm. It's not realistic that the entire school would fawn over one girl. But, I mean, in other, yeah, other than that, like, everything else is fairly realistic with that. And just, just the fucking different characters. The fuck, they're straight up just someone from Naruto's village. Like, (laughs) he's literally (laughs) called Shinobi. Uh, My favorite was the pink-haired rival. Yes. She popped up randomly. Amazing. She <laughs> lost to Comey again, and Comey's just like, what the fuck? I, I especially loved it when they got the report cards, and then you just see her in the back, like, peeking over her shoulder and going, damn it, I lost it every, every class. My favorite moment with her is when they're at the culture festival playing the gun game, and she pulls up and is just failing, gets right up to it, finally knocks it down, and she's like, it's a tie, and walks away. You have to bring the gun back. (laughs) Ma'am! That shit had me rolling. I think my favorite, I think truly my favorite scene of the whole show, aside from Meow, um, is in episode two, where uh, Najimi gives her the extremely complicated coffee order. (laughs) <laughs> and she goes to get the coffee order, and it's completely wrong. And so she brings it back to Najimi anyways, and, like, you see Komi about to cry, and they both just bow and apologetic. Yeah. He does the same thing with the sandwich, too. Like, yep. Subuwe. Yeah, Subuwe. <laughs> uh, oh, that was great. Stand oh, bakes. Uh, another um, character that I fucking love was the, the uh, noodle chef. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to bring him up. The, yeah. the one who just knew what Comey wanted without no words being said. Every time that he was on screen, I was just like, I love him. Gave me real Ichiraku Ramen guy vibes. Yeah. <laughs> just without talking. Yeah. yeah. But you knew you knew what he was thinking and how he was feeling. He yeah. was he was a real guy. He, he was true true yeah. dude. I just I absolutely love this show. And I said it off air, but I'm gonna say it again. This show has easily entered my top ten okay. anime list. Like I, this there's just something about this show that is it hits real, but also is just so adorable as well. Yeah, um, this was one of those shows that uh, you know the way it's it's broken down. It's really easily to digest. I assume that like 
the missions are each like manga volumes. I think and then, so. And then that's how it they convert it into the episodes. Um, Which I honestly I like that the it, way they broke up the episodes into yeah, those missions. It flowed super well. And when the series ended, I didn't realize that it had been twelve episodes. So I went, "What? It's over?" Oh, the season, yeah, yeah. And I was pissed. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Like it's one of those shows you can watch and not like have to stress about anything, kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like because it just it flows so smooth. Like one minute you're watching the first episode, then all of a sudden you blink and it's done. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? I am both Komi and Tadano. I'm really excited for season two. You know, definitely not as extreme on the Comey side, but I definitely feel her her social anxiety. Yeah. And I definitely, definitely feel Tadano's awkwardness. My heart about shattered when she held up the note saying, I don't think we can be friends after Tadano got abducted. Well, I mean, he got fucking get. Yeah, I know, but she was blaming She was going her... to literally kill him, and they didn't do anything about it. Like, yeah. they didn't fucking do anything about it. Yep. It was funny, like, uh, Najibi just opens the door, stares, and just closes I the knew, door. I knew that was going to be her reaction. But, yeah, it almost broke my heart when Comey said that, because she was blaming herself for it. And it's like, you poor, you sweet, innocent child. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love the show. So much. I can't, awesome. I can't wait for season two. I'm very interested to see who is going to play who in terms of the dub. Yeah. If we're going to get you know some of our classic voice actors, or if we're going to get a new cast of people, because there's or, some really yeah. interesting characters yeah. in this show that they could get um, some of the up and coming voice actors to get in there. Oh man, what ever happened with the country bumpkin girl that was? <laughs> Introduced. She was just in there and then gone and then came back for the fucking culture festival suggestion and then gone again. Yeah. I think she's, she's like, I don't want people to find out I'm a country bumpkin. I and think she'll gone. show up. I think she'll show up more later on, but I think um I think this was a character to kind of like give another aspect of like this is kind of Comey, but also a more uh like a reflective character, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. But I have a feeling we'll probably see, we'll see more of her. Maybe. Yeah. How high do you think Kaede is? I loved her. <laughs> Forgetting like one episode of her, <laughs> she was amazing. She's fucking pulled out the chainsaw. Look at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> she cracked me up. Whoever that voice actress was. Nailed it. Yeah. She was higher than Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg. Let's be honest. She was off in her own separate realm of existence. Dude, she was feeling great that whole time. She was. Wandering off. I love it. I love it when they were doing the fe- like when they were doing the like the maid cafe and everything, like setting up, and they just find her in a fucking like what was it, a Trash garbage can, can just sitting there smiling and she just Oh, I, w- I will say one thing that uh, that it's a small thing, but it's something that made me a little mad about this show. Um, so they tell us, I think episode one of the show, that every student in this school, because of the way that the school is set up, is, is unique. special, unique, eccentric. 
but Tadano's special thing is that he's normal. I don't understand that. That's I will agree with you. I, even fucking though, stupid. Even after watching it twice, I'm still confused as to how he's there. It, I'm not sure. It's because he's normal. Yeah. He says that. But that's bullshit. Yeah. With my ability is I can read a room. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he scores average to below average on everything, including physical tests. And he has, and his personality is very, like, you know. I think the reason he's at that school is because everybody's so unique and he's just so under average. Like, he's not average. He's below average. Right. But by the, like, function of the school, why is he there then? I I don't know. What were you going to say, Frenchie? You looked like you were going to say something. I just remembered my favorite moment, and that was uh, when he was running the relay, and he f- was, like, really slow and, like, exhausted, and he just looks over and, you can do it, and, <laughs> and just I- takes <laughs> off like a fucking rocket and gets third. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Can we talk about the fucking soundtrack real quick? I mean, that's part of our review. I know. So we could do that as we do our ratings. Oh, yeah, that's fair. What? Wiki, what are your thoughts? Alright, you guys ready for this? I am. He's gonna shit on the whole thing. Take a deep breath. I fucking hated the show with a passion. Like, I seriously despised the show to the point where I didn't want to fucking watch it. Mainly because of the fucking lips. (laughs) Part of me wants to believe you, but also part of me isn't sure until... I'm being dead serious, dude. I'm saying at the beginning... Oh. Yeah. I thought you were saying At the general. beginning of the show and throughout the rest of the show, I thought I was watching a mixture between an anime, Code Lyoko, and Totally Spies. A mixture of all that style is what I thought I was watching. You know, I dug Totally Spies. Not Code Lyoko. I hated that show. I was just saying. The lips. The lips. Yeah? The lips in Code Lyoko were small. Oh, yeah. I guess they were. It's a mixture between all those shows, the art style and animation put together is what I picture Comey Can't Communicate is. Mm-hmm. But I hated it. But then as I started watching it, I stopped focusing on the lips so much, even though there was still a presence of the lips the entire show and it still bugged the shoot out of me. Yeah. The amount of cute scenes that were in this show overwhelmed me. The fact that one of my favorite scenes in this entire show is when Comey was sitting in bed because she was so anxious and couldn't sleep and was thinking about previous conver- like not previous but uh, potential conversations with people and how they would go and she was just getting so worked up and then she was thinking of ta- uh, thinking about Tanado and she was just easily able to fall asleep after that like yeah. thinking of him made her calm down I thought that was cute as shit and when they traded the two cat the two cat keychains <laughs> were shown. Just like the small interactions between them, I thought were probably some of the cutest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I really liked the uh, girl that like basically just started setting them up. And she was just acting like Comey's big sister, basically. Yeah. That Comey was jealous of. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, her fucking parents. 
They, they <laughs> the, oh. just the, the part of the episode with her and her dad where they don't say he just pats. Oh, that was beautiful. That was so gorgeous. The the moment with her and her dad they were eating like the ice cream or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, I want to ask her how school is doing. I didn't ask. Yeah, and I was just like, oh man, that's gonna be me as a dad. And then her mom's just the exact opposite of everyone else in the family. Yeah. Shuka is amazing. And then the grandma was also fucking great, where she scolds the dad, brings Comey in, is like happy for her. Who's this Tanino on your phone? Yeah, I don't I approve don't of him. Approve. I think that was and she's like freaking out, like, no, 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 no. That's no. fucking awesome. Uh, her, um, her family is a 10 out of 10. Uh, but with that, uh, the cat keychain part, I, I really liked it when they, after they traded. And then they felt so awkward about it that they couldn't even put them on their bags. I was so precious. <laughs> it's just like they wrote high school awkwardness so fucking well. Yeah, I I think my favorite episode is still probably the first episode where she tells him about everything, and they just <laughs> take their whole lunch break just writing on the chalkboard together. Oh my god, yes. I, that first episode almost had me in tears because of like just how precious it was it was so cute but i also pictured myself just in that chalkboard and my ears started cringing i <laughs> yeah. fucking hate chalkboards yeah i feel that i shit mean yeah my bones. um i uh i broke out in tears during the uh last episode when that message came up when it was like this is dedicated to all the people whose chest tightens when you try to communicate with people I was like, man, that's like my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah that uh that karaoke episode was also great. We're in time to we're singing and she's shaking Tadano. the maracas. Oh yeah, Tadano. And she's just shaking the maracas, just rooting for him. <laughs> I I love those two. I I do agree with Frenchie. They need to get together. And I think they're set. They've been setting it up very slowly in the last few episodes. Uh, I want to know who says more words in their first season as a show. Komi or Nezuko? <laughs> Honestly, though, her her stuttering trying to say his name was also incredible. Mm-hmm. I'd say probably da. Nezuko. And he's like, "Wow, you're saying more today than you did yesterday." <laughs> uh, do you want to get to our ratings? Yeah, let's get in the ratings. I go back to finishing what I thought of the show first. Oh, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I wasn't done. You guys just started going off. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Speak up. Uh, So after that last scene, you guys picked up up, talking off of. I also thoroughly enjoyed the scene. But for one summer uh, summer vacation hit, and Comey was really bored and wanted to ask Tanado to go do something, but she was too shy to pick up the phone and call. And then it panned over to Tanado in his room, like basically explaining the exact scenario that she was going through. And he was like, should I call her? I probably should. And then decided like not to do it. But and when he decided that she called him and he completely ignored it, fuck him for that, first of all. That was super fucked. I don't think he ignored it. I think he was, uh, the line was busy because he was talking to... Uh, Najime? Najime, yeah. Yeah. It, it made it seem like that she called him. So the way that I actually have an explanation for that scene because I was really confused about it at first also. Uh, So when uh, with that whole phone situation was actually Najimi that was calling them saying, hey, let's do something. 
So like, like they the were both conflicted show. about calling each other, and yeah. then Najmi chimed yeah. in and called them and said, "Hey, let's go to the pool." Or yeah, something. I understand that. But the way yeah. the show made it look to me was that she finally decided to pick up the phone before that happened and to call him because she did call him and it looked like he picked up the phone because from her that's what i got from this situation yeah that's kind of how it looked at first but once uh uh yeah. once he said that najimi uh called him it, it kind of i i, I kind of pieced after that uh, that the the line was just busy and that he yeah. didn't hang up on her. Yeah, because I can't see him doing that. that Absolutely sucks. not. And then I feel like my the last scene I I enjoyed the most was the episode where they were going clothes shopping for Comey. Yes. And, uh, well, two scenes: the clothes shopping shopping one, and she picked uh, Tonados as her favorite, yeah. which I thought was fucking adorable. And then where is it? And then when. Okay, three scenes. That one. <laughs> the other one is where she calls him cute. Like she says, he looks good too. You oh, in the, the maid outfit. Yeah, I thought that was adorable. No, not the maid outfit. It was something different. Oh, when they were in like the uh, kimono. Oh yeah. Festival. Yeah. Yeah. That oh. one. She worked up the courage to say that he looked good too. Yeah. And then I honestly just forgot the other scene I was going to talk about. It was when she forgot the notebook and was trying to find something to write on that whole episode. Yeah, cause she was she was trying to say like that one sentence all day. Yeah, I loved that. There's so many cute moments in the show that I fuck with. Yeah, so the cute. show is cute as fuck. I know. I love it. <laughs> I don't think any anime, any like slice of life slash adorable anime that I will assign will nearly be able to pass this one. Even if I try. Well, I'd hope you would try, because that's kind of the well, point. Well, I mean, yeah. But I th- I, I, I'm I starting with a banger. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Definitely started on a high note. Yeah. Better than last season, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, ratings. All right. Your show, your first. Yeah. So, let me pull it up. Uh, so, for personal enjoyment, I gave it a 10, because... I love this show. Everything about this show to me was incredible. Hell, I watched I watched it when it first was coming out. Then I watched it again. And I was almost going to watch it a third time. But I was like, no, I got to jump on Naruto. Um, animation, I'm going to give it a 9. Um, I really like the animation. I, do, I will agree that uh, the mouths, like the, or not the, not the mouths, the, well, yeah, the animation for the mouths, like the way that they were just created was just a little odd but i'm literally overlooked it because i just thought everything else about the animation was just so good i'd say that'd be more of art style anyway mm-hmm. ah character development uh i'm giving it a 10 as well the progression with comey and everything and how just the relationship <laughs> between her and tadano was growing and how every character weirdly enough whether it was like intentional or not grew as they knew comey was also good. Uh, Najimi, not for the best because they used her during, they used Comey during the maid cafe to just walk around and bring more customers. They lost the grand prize for that. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then like they take, they were like, oh, the teachers told us that you needed to go to uh, to the monk place to get realization. And it was just wacky with hands. <laughs> Um, soundtrack, I gave it a 10. I love the music for this, especially the opening. 
Cinderella by Cindergirl was incredible. I downloaded it on my phone and I've listened to it so much. Um, world building, uh, I'm gonna give it a nine because again, like while there's not really like a specific world that's being built in this, it's more focused around uh, the more realistic fact of the extreme social anxiety and how somebody like their perspective of the world with that is. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. Um, plot. I'm giving the nine again. I thought it was a really good plot for this girl who has social anxiety, who wants to just make a hunt, you know, she wants to make a hundred friends and this guy wants to help her make friends. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, the VA performance, I'm giving a 10. I thought everybody did incredible with the voice acting. They were really in character. Uh, they were hilarious. Um, art style would be the eight in this case. Uh, again, mostly it would be for like the mouth, but occasionally some of like the animation was a little weird to me. Uh, uh, Posimon pointed out the, the uh, different color for the calic on Tano, and that started bothering me after she mentioned it, and I'm now mad at her specifically for it. Um, uniqueness, I'm giving an 8 because it is a, it is something you don't see in a whole lot of shows of... like You see a lot of shows about like a girl who's deaf or somebody who's like uh, mute and stuff like that, but I've not seen too many shows where they deal with you know, extreme social anxiety. And it's usually of, a physical handicap, not a mental. Exactly. Yeah. And this was a really good take on that kind of a uh, topic. And it was, and it stayed cute to it and very precious for it. And they uh, drove the nail on it in a good way. So I'm going to give it an eight. And then memorability for me is a 10. I, there's no way I'm forgetting this show. I, like I said, I love it too much. It, it is easily entered my top 10. So uh, I'm giving it a 93 out of 100 total. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, mine, uh, I for personal enjoyment, I definitely gave it a 10. I, I loved this show start to finish. Just right away, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, animation, I gave it a 9. I actually really liked the animation in the show. I, I don't know if you guys if you guys noticed this the um, the settings were uh, really crisp 3d models uh, even the like the classroom there I think uh, there, there was a moment where I was watching it uh, and, and I was like whoa look at those desks but then I did immediately go Ugh, those chairs though um, but the desks looked great I, and a lot of the buildings did too, and and that stuff. I didn't even think about it. also the attention to detail when they were writing on the chalk, and you could see the chalk like dust blowing off the chalkboard yep. and falling. Yeah, uh, all that stuff was was great, and I I I'm a I'm a sucker for for that kind of stuff. It wasn't perfect, but really it was really good. Uh, character development, I gave it ten. Uh, it's like the whole show. Yeah, <laughs> it's just constant character development and. Uh, it's the entire time. It's adorable. So, yeah. Uh, soundtrack, I gave it a 7. I, re- I really liked the opening. Uh, I re- 
Was there both an opening and a closing? I actually yes. don't. I actually don't remember. I only remember one song, so that's part of why it's not higher. The um, the closing is good. I uh, is still really good. I do prefer the opening better, but the closing is still really good. If you get yeah. a chance, to listen to it. <laughs> um, world building. I also gave a seven. Uh, you get a, a pretty good feel for the like a pretty good scope of different places and, and things and kind of see what things are like around them. It was all right. Uh, plot, I gave a nine. Super solid. Loved it. Uh, voice acting performance, I gave an eight. Uh, there might have been like a couple, like a character here or there that, that didn't super hit me, but for most part, it was, it was uh, super good. Art style, I also gave an 8, also because of the mouths, but most of the most people are like, uh, they made some really interesting choices for some characters, like the uh, the red hot chick, Yeah, eyes were literally flames. flames. That was, I thought that was cool. That was kind of cool, yeah. like Fire Force. Um, uniqueness, I gave a 7. Uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, unique in the, the kind of way it's telling the story of social anxiety, but uh, I don't know. Um, and then mem- memorability, I gave a six because a lot of the stories were like really short stories. I, I can't guarantee how much I don't even I can't even guarantee how much I remember now. Uh, but as we were talking, you know, more of it is popping up. But uh, I don't know how much of it will stick with me. But it's definitely something that I recommend and that I'll probably watch again. Uh, the total is 81 points. Hmm. I mean, for me, personal enjoyment, it's 10. I fucking love the show. Um, obviously, through my messages, I was showing how much I enjoyed the show. Um, I also gave animation a 10. I really didn't have any problems with it. There was nothing that stood out to me while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, character development, I gave an 8. I thought we got some really good character development for the main characters, but a lot of the side ones were the exact same as they were at the beginning. Like, the girl that kidnapped Adano did not change whatsoever. Still super fucking weird, and would probably kill Tadano again if she got the opportunity. I just realized we never saw the photo of them filing down that spot where Comey fell. <laughs> yeah. Other people saw the photo, but we did not. Yeah. Um, soundtrack eight. I really like the opening. There were some songs that played during the show as well that were really fitting and really good. Didn't really care about the closing. So I docked at a couple points, uh, world building. I gave an eight. I think that in the school and a couple of locations are really good, but we don't really get a sense of their city stuff like that. It doesn't really explain the world around them as much. It's, and I know the, the high school is the main setting, but I felt like it was a little lacking outside of that. We only got a little bit of her home life and stuff like that. And we didn't really get any of Tadano's home life outside of, like, two minutes. We don't even see his sister's face until maybe, like, the sixth time she was on screen. Yeah. And the same with uh, Comey's brother. We don't really see him at all until near the end. Yeah. That's because he's a lot like her. I know. Yeah. And that's what's good about it. Yeah. Um, plot, I'll give it a 10. I, I thought the plot was perfectly written. Um, it flowed very well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, VA performance, I gave a seven. Partially with it being a sub, I can't, you know, gauge it as fully as I would with it being dubbed. Um, there were a couple ones that I thought were really good. I did not like the dog girl. I I did not like her voice acting much at all. Um, I really like the actress that played Comey. I really liked Najime and Dodano, mm-hmm. but Kayade. Yeah, I did not yeah. like her at all. You did it? No, I did not. But Kayade was the high one. Oh, Kayade. She was good, yes. I thought you were talking... Was it Asagi? Or something As- like that? I think Asagi. so. Asagi? Something like that. Yeah, I did not like her. I, I thought... It was, she was funny the first time. After that, it was annoying. Who? The dog girl. Uh, the green-haired... I, yeah. I mean, she I was, just thought it was weird when she went from crazy shy to super kinky. Yeah. And I was just like, calm down. Just um, chill. <laughs> I also didn't like that basically after her introductory episode, she was just used as a uh, fan service tool. Yeah. That was one of the only things I didn't like. Um, art style, I gave a seven. Um, it wasn't just the mouth. The uh, Donald's eyes bothered me. They were big all the time. Yeah, but he just looks like Midoriya. I know, but like <laughs> everyone else looks fucking normal. Like the art style for every other character is just like normal and then Tadano maybe that's his thing that sets him apart big fucking eyes <laughs> yo why'd I get into the school you got big you eyes got big fucking eyes man <laughs> welcome you, in you take our ratio up at least three inches yeah uh yeah so Art Style gave us seven uh uniqueness I uh did really like you know they went with a you know mental disability not even disability but a you know, mental illness with social anxiety and stuff like that. It, it, anxiety is a form of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a topic that's not talked about enough. But at the end of the day, it is another high school rom-com yeah. slice of life that there's millions of. True. Um, this one is one of the best ones, but still another high school rom-com. And then memorability, I gave it 10 because I thoroughly enjoyed every single individual episode. And I may not, you know, remember small parts of it but i'm gonna remember the show as a whole mm-hmm. and i'm going to be waiting for season two and that's usually what i like if it's gonna be something that i'm gonna remember and be waiting for season two and updates on it that's what's gonna get a 10 for me on memorability so overall i gave it an 86 cool you gave it an 81 yeah that's what I all right wick wiki hello it is me wick wiki okay Hi, so Wiki. For personal enjoyment, I'm giving it an 8. Yeah, because the first part. What's up? Because you didn't like it at the beginning? Yeah, it was just, yeah. yeah pretty much. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna... Even though personal enjoyment encompasses basically all this in one yeah. thing. And I'm gonna dock it a few po- like, two points because I was... I, throughout the entire show, I didn't like the animation and artwork. A lot, mainly the artwork. So I'm gonna dock it for that specifically. But everything else, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, for the one after that, for animation, I'm actually gonna give animation a nine because animation wasn't bad. But there are times where, like, I, just compared to other things I've seen, mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome. But it's still not terrible animation. It's still very good for what it's doing and the kind of show it is. Uh, for uh, character development, I'm actually going to give that a 7 because there is, like what Frenchie was saying, outside the main character and kind of what you guys were talking about last week with character development, there's only like one character that actually had development outside the entire cast, and that was Comey. Pretty much everybody stayed the same. Tondo, Tondo did have character development, 
it was in one scenario after he got his heart broken for the first time. That's about it. <laughs> when he stopped being cringe. Yep. Uh, soundtrack, I'm also going to give that a 7 because I only remember one song, but that one song was a banger, and that's the opening song. Yeah. That song was fucking sick as fuck. Uh, world building, I'm going to give a 6 because I honestly don't feel like there was any world building in the show. You were just focused on the main cast the entire time. Also, I don't really feel like that. there was a world to build. It's just you're in the, a regular city. That's basically it. Yeah. For, for me, uh, if we're talking about world building and, uh, you know, a show that takes place in technically reality, uh, for me, it's like how much they interact with the world that we know they live in. Which they do quite a bit. Eh, a, a little bit. Oh, you know that that's that's why I gave it a, a seven. It wasn't a lot, but it was, it was a bit. They pretty much just go to their school. Yeah, mostly. Um, plot. I'm giving a nine. I really enjoyed it. The actual like story of the show itself. Yeah. Uh, voice actor performance. I'm also good. I'm gonna give that an eight because I actually really enjoyed most of the voices in the show. I felt a lot of the emotions that were being portrayed, especially in Comey. Even with just, like, the small noises that she was making. Yeah. Uh, art style, I'm giving that a six. I fucking hated the art style with a passion. I thought it was trash. That's fair. Uh, uniqueness, I, I can't speak on a lot of the genres of this show because I don't I haven't seen a lot to where I feel like I can appropriately grade the uniqueness of the show because i don't watch a super lot of slice of life but that is changing but as of right now that is a seven right and memorability i'm giving it an eight because i am going to remember the show i do like it quite a bit and i do plan on watching the second season but not like as soon as it drops but i will watch it at one point in time for a total of 75 all right so we've got 93, 81, 86, and 75. What the hell does that average out to? I don't know. Add, a, add it up and divide it by 75, 91, 83, and what? Uh, oh, I got his knees. Okay. What? Plus eighty one, plus eighty six. Plus eighty one, plus eighty six divided by four. Uh, it's going to be eighty four. Nice. Right. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I will. I can work with that. Any final thoughts? Cole, I'm sorry if I broke your heart. A little bit. <laughs> hey, it's still a great show. Yeah. It's, it's good. I just don't think it's as good as you think it is. That's fair. That's why there's four of us. That's fair. Um, but, where can we stream shampoo? Uh, Samurai, Samurai shampoo. shampoo. It's <laughs> for sure. Sh- it's for sure on Hulu. I believe it's also on Funimation. Um, maybe Crunchyroll, but I don't know. Uh, it's a pretty popular show. I'm pretty sure it's on Crunchyroll. Yeah, it, it's it's been around. Um, for sure, Hulu and Funimation, though. 
maybe even Netflix, but I don't know about that either. Alright. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That was uh, Comey Can't Communicate. Uh, next up is Samurai Shampoo. And we will see you guys next week. Laters. Bye-bye. Peace.